Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. Really quickly, hey, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Theology in the Raw. This is a listener-supported podcast. I am able to do the podcast because I have uh, uh, quite a few um, awesome supporters who support the show. If you want to become a part of that awesome community of podcast supporters, you can go to patreon.com forward slash theology and raw. That's patreon.com forward slash. I'm also speaking at various places and I'm working on various things and I'm blogging about this, blogging about that, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, I don't want to talk about that right now because I want to talk about my guest today, who is the one and only propaganda. Um, you may say, wow, um, a mother named her son Propaganda. Actually, a mother did not name her son Propaganda. Uh, she named him Jason Petty, but Jason Petty is a an amazing artist. He is a... I, I consider him a, a, a prophet to the American evangelical church. He's an incredibly good thinker. He's a humble Christian. He has something to say to the American evangelical church. And when propaganda speaks, I listen. I love his posture. I love his wisdom. Uh, I love his humility. I love his, his, um, his creativity, both in his music and in his speaking. Propaganda co-hosts with his wife, Alma. They, uh, they have a podcast together called The Red, Red Couch Pro- Podcast. I would highly encourage you to check out The Red Couch Podcast where uh, Propaganda and his wife, um, Alma, and he, he reminded me that his wife does not call him Propaganda <laughs> or Prop, um, which, yeah, I think it'd be actually kind of rad if my wife would call me Prop or Propaganda. I'm going to try to talk to her about that. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, um, we talk about race relations in the church. We talk about what it is, what, what it's like growing up as a black Christian in a largely white evangelical American context, what it's, what was like, what it was like growing up in a largely Latinx neighborhood and also a white neighborhood, being the son of a black Panther father and, um, dabbling in reformed circles of American evangelicalism and, um, some various maybe shifts in his, I don't know, in, in his art, in his music, in his thinking in the wake of the Trayvon Martin murder back in, I believe it was 2012. Anyway, we had a fantastic conversation and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. So why don't I just get out of the way and have you um, engage this really fascinating conversation I had with the one and only Jason Petty, a.k.a. Propaganda. All right, welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I am here with, uh, I'm going to say propaganda, because that's how most people know you by, um, but you're uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Petty. Um, yeah. Uh, I, most people I know just refer to you as prop. I mean, when you hear prop, is that is that the most common way people refer to you that's as? That's the most common prop okay so thanks yeah. so much for being on the show man really appreciate it yeah no problem unless you're unless you're married to me she doesn't say prop she doesn't say prop no <laughs> is it jason I don't, I don't know if you have an explicit warning on your thing but there are things that she calls me that <laughs> well <laughs> you know this is uh i branded this theology in the raw on purpose so they're i mean uh, how raw you know what i'm saying <laughs> Honestly, no matter what you do, um, 
uh, well, I'm not going to edit it out. So you can, you can, you be you. Okay. Okay. Uh, why don't we start to, uh, I mean, I would say a large majority of my audience is going to know who you are, at least from a distance. Uh, but for those okay. few that might not, uh, give us a story. Who is, uh, Jason Petty, AKA propaganda. And then, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, South central Los Angeles, uh, born and raised, um, between there and like 20 minutes East in like the San Gabriel Valley. That's Covina La Puente area. Uh, I've lived in pretty much all of the sort of cornucopia of Los Angeles in the county. Um, and uh, I do a hybrid of sort of hip hop and poetry. Um, one half of a podcast I do with my wife called the Red Couch Podcast. Uh, we talk about sort of uh, social and political commentary, but just from a sort of a, a brown person's perspective. Um, and uh, and my music kind of takes on this sort of the same tone, social and political commentary. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, I've, I've been doing sort of music and poetry professionally for almost 10 years now, which is crazy to say. Um, I got two daughters, one of which started high school today, which is so weird. Oh my gosh. Uh, but she's kind of living my dream, man. She's doing high school at like, in like downtown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and like, it's a high school for the arts. Like, oh, yeah. and so that's what I, man. In LA. I wish I could have went to like a high school for the arts, you know? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so that's that. My wife has a PhD in ed policy and social context. She's usually the smartest person in the room. Um, <laughs> and uh, even when she's not in the room, she's the smartest person. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I uh, grew up in a Latino neighborhood. Um, you know, our house is bilingual hmm. and my daughter's learning, my baby daughter's learning Mandarin. So she's about to be trilingual. Oh my God. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I do. What was your experience growing up in a Latino neighborhood? What was that like? Um, I mean, in some senses it's like, it's all I knew. So I, I kind of like, I kind of have much to compare it to. Uh, but you just, it's just like you're, my my father was a Vietnam War vet, but he was also a uh, Black Panther. He was part of the civil rights movement. So because yeah. of that, we had a very strong Black identity at home. Yeah. Um, so I never felt too too much. I never felt a way about like um, not loving who I was. It was just more like I didn't understand why the people outside ain't love what I was, you know, huh. uh, like, what are y'all missing? You know what I'm saying? Um, but it, it, it teaches you, I think, first of all, to, to just already have an understanding of just what it means to be bicultural or multicultural, yeah. just to be able to like already relate to the other, you know what I'm saying? So sort of the, the type of, um, kind of tribalism, I think that somehow or another, when you, whether it's ethnic or even religious, like when you start, when you become, a, when you become a Christian, just kind of have this like idea that like who's safe and who's not like you grow up in a, in an environment like mine. It's just like those, those rules just, they just seem silly to you, you know? Um, because it's like, there is no other, like you're already, you're, it's like, I don't, I, don't, I live among the others. So I don't understand right. what yeah. the other is, you know? I wonder yeah. what differences there would be. I guess you can't really, I don't know if you can compare it. I mean, growing up, um, 
as a as a minority in a Latino neighborhood, how how would that have been different yeah. if you're a, Lat- a minority in a in a white neighborhood? Do you, do you find? Yeah, do you think I that think would have that been very was, different. Uh, well, one is because you know we're this is it's still hood. Like we were not. <laughs> we weren't privileged in any way, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we went to the same schools, we was dodging the same bullets, you know what I'm saying? Like the difference for me was like, um, you know, gang activity wasn't necessarily an option because I wasn't Latino, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and my and my family, which was down the street a couple blocks, you know, over, you know, they were getting involved in, in some of that stuff. But since I wasn't there, I know for me, like I I avoided a lot of that. Now when we moved uh, we moved to the suburbs a little later, like my parents got a tax return and then we moved sort of, uh, what we would call inland. Um, and that's where I did high school. And there was a predominantly like white space. And it was like, I felt like a zoo animal, you know, like they, I was just this like unicorn to them. And, uh, hmm. and that was, that was pretty like, that was pretty jolting. You know what I'm saying? Cause I just, again, I didn't understand what y'all ain't understand. Yeah. You know, like I, I couldn't possibly be the first brown person you've met. Like, are you serious? <laughs> how? Like, how am I the first one? You know, and I just don't understand. Like, what is so confusing about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wait, wait, wait. Like, would they say that, or is that just how you felt, or both? No, that's what they would say. Really? In LA, one guy was like, <laughs> one guy was like, "Hey, is your." I, okay, I don't want to cuss because I was about to say You, you can, it's it. fine. Yeah. Okay, he was like, hey, is your shit white? Because <laughs> mine is brown, and I just wondered if yours was... Yeah, and I just looked at him like, this is the dumbest question I ever heard. Like, for real? That's, wow. What? You know, and uh, just, just like little things like that to where it was just like, I, I'm like, why would you... What do you know about humans? Like how we like yeah. this is the species, bro. Like I really that's the type of question you'd ask. Yeah. yeah. What so and you, by the way, you could you could you could speak completely freely. You're not gonna offend me. And if you offend yeah. my audience, they're that you don't see them anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um so yeah. speak as freely as <laughs> seriously, like whatever. Um yeah. what what did that kind of environment do towards your view? of just white people in general. And then I, I got so many related questions with like what growing up in an evangelical context and, and yeah. so on. But, um, yeah, I just felt like, uh, the white people I had knew I had known before that like sort of experience was just like, I want, it was hard for me to figure out which one of you were the norm. Like what, which one of you should I expect? Cause like, so for example, there was a family across the street from me in the hood. His name was Thomas Pokinar. It was the only white family for miles. But I tell you what, he taught me all the, Thomas taught me all the words to Paul Revere, you know, in <laughs> Beastie Boys song. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're familiar with Humble Beast, like, I, Thomas was my best friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just had this other experience that when I ran into this, it was like, okay, so is this is is this how y'all act when we're not around? Mm. Is this, or do I just know it? Diff- like, I don't, help me square this. It's like, do my friends' friends have family that think like this? Like, it was just more, more just like, it was disorienting because I just didn't understand. Because I, I mean, like I said, having a Black Panther father, I was well aware of racism. You know what I'm right, saying? I was right. well aware of like what, 
what uh, what what world I was about to get thrown into. But I just thought, I guess like anybody else, like you're you're looking at like a kid and you're going, real like. <laughs> You know, and then just like all of my like inner city antennas being like, I should, I should beat the crap out of you, right? Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to do right now? You know, just right. That's that's kick his ass, right? You know, and just just and um, but just like the like knowing, well, you're pretty outnumbered, man. Like, look around. Like, really, you really want to like start something right now? You know, so uh, it was just disorienting. Yeah. You know? Would you describe it as like mildly racist, blatantly racist, or just ignorant, or or a blend of all all three? I mean, it's probably a blend of all of them. It depended on you know what situation like that. So it so it did teach me that like yeah, this there's this is not a monolith. You know what I mean? There's there's variants of thought among every people. You know what I'm saying? So like there were times that it was just like oh, you honestly don't know. There were times that like oh, you're trolling me. You know, there are times that like, you know, you're looking back and figuring this out, you know what I'm saying? And then there's like the microaggressions and then there's like, oh yeah, nah, this kid. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're legitimately racist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know? And it's just like, it's, you, you, you figure it out, you know what I'm saying? And then even when that kid makes that joke, like you see the the other guy or the other girl that was like, yo, that was, I don't know, bro. That was kind of far. Like when you're watching, you're watching almost like, the other white kids look at that white kid and be like, what, bro? Like, hmm. yo, I don't know if that actually sounded racist. We were just kidding. Like, that's that's pretty bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So were you were you raised uh, in the church? Or what, what, what's your kind of Christian um, testimony? So journey? my parents became believers in elementary school. And we just kind of like found a church in a phone book. And um, so... Uh, my mother, it's hard to describe, man, because it's like, who wasn't at church? You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, yeah. like who didn't go to church? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it wasn't that we, like, didn't go to church, you know, or uh, or knew who Jesus was or that he was Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father was like, I mean, he was just, it's hard for me, it's, I, it's hard for me to say that I was a Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but... I was, yeah, I mean, at junior high, I think I was, like, I'm the product of, like, a good youth ministry, you know what I mean? Uh, but we were, I mean, we were inner city kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, kids in my group, they were our neighborhood drug dealers, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was gang-banging, sleeping yeah. with each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were inner city church, and our youth leader was, like, you know, ex-con, you know what I'm saying? And, like, you know... Uh, who the Lord saved and loved us and didn't want us to fall in the same traps. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I, I, I heard, I mean, I heard the gospel pretty young, you know, but, um, and they were doing their best, my, my, my home, but it wasn't, I can't say in the way that somebody else would think when they say, I grew up in a Christian home. I was like, nah, yeah, not like you mean. Yeah. You, know I mean? <laughs> yeah. you, didn't, you didn't go to Iwana and watch Veggie Tales. No. Never heard of any of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we did go to camp once. I remember we did go to we did go to uh, youth camp. Uh, the Californians would know, like we went to Hume Lake. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was funny because it was like little did we know they had one week in the summer that 
they lowered the prices for like the inner city churches, which we didn't know. I, I, I thought, dang, this this costs a lot to come. It's like, oh, we're oh we're the <laughs> we're the low income churches. <laughs> Word, okay. I bet yeah. they I bet they dreaded that week. By the way, I would love to talk to the I, the. <laughs> Oh, the organizers so to see how did you look forward to ratchet. Like, we're, we're, we're pretty ratchet but I, I mean I read the gospel there like I'm not gonna lie like that's uh, where I, I want to say I became a Christian at U Blake you at know? U Blake no way yeah, yeah. what what uh, I, I might have been there because I was there a few summers we're close to the same age what do you know what, what year that was is that like late 90s oh, or bro. Uh, middle school oh middle school definitely the middle school ones okay but, Man, so how how would you describe your uh for lack of better terms your like theological journey like where you so let's just go from Hume, yeah. from Hume Lake conversion to uh-huh. now what kind of churches what kind of christian subculture do you swim in and just yeah. theologically so, how, how have you yeah so you gotta remember like like i mean you know this you know california was not the bible belt like so our categories just look very different than the rest of America. Like there's still, I mean, it's still American evangelicalism. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just different, you know? So, um, like I said, I went to this like inner city, non-denominational church that were, you know, leaned Pentecostal, you know, but our pastor was, you know, APU, like a Zusa Pacific professor, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then, you know, we had a Spanish-speaking pastor, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it was just mainline non-denom, um, you know, with charismatic bends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't think much about the sort of theological positions we were having because our pastor was so intelligent that, like, um, he just, I guess now looking back, it would be like, he would preach like a reformed Calvinist, like as far as like the, the academia of it, but he wasn't in any way a reformed Calvinist. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it was just like, so I had this like other sort of thing, but like my family, like my grandmother's brothers, you know, so my great uncles were like citizens of Zion missionary Baptist church in Compton, California. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was just like, that's my extended family is like they hoopers and moaners, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, who at the time, just because it was like, oh, you know, my father was a black Panther. So I was, it was all about like intelligence and knowledge and stuff like that. Like I didn't want anything to do with them. Cause I felt like it was, it was not cerebral enough. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, plus it was just like, you know, it's a grandma's church. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. you wouldn't be here all day. You know, it's, Baptist, so we're gonna be here all day. It's a black Baptist, it's gonna be seven, 17 songs, yeah. five hours long, you know. So I just didn't want to be there. Um, and then, uh, we didn't have there was like, especially because like hip hop is such a big part of even my theological journey because of the church I was in, some of they were like, these dudes were. Yeah, not only were they gangsters, they was graffiti writers, they were skateboarders, you know what I'm saying? So like hip hop was never there was no there was no subgroup of like Christian art. Like I just I was a Californian. So like yeah. when you loved hip hop, you went where hip hop was. So we were 
at the same hip hop spots. We were all freestyling, you know, we were all sort of living this other thing. It wasn't until college that somebody presented to me the idea of Christian rap, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, I didn't know it was no such thing. You, I knew plenty of rappers that were Christians because churches weren't booking rappers. So like, I just didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that actually introduced me to other sort of theological worlds. So mm-hmm. like, um, knowing what it meant to be sort of Armenian versus Reformed, you know, yeah. account and stuff like that. Like I, I just, it was hip hop that actually showed me that. You know really? what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And then there, so I uh, somehow took a deep, detour into the reform world um and it was partially because that's who was embracing hip-hop you know what i'm saying at the time because again i just didn't and it was cool because again it was i come from a very again cerebral kind of academic thinking so i felt like oh this this is like scratching that itch right so i spent a lot of time there and then Trayvon Martin was killed. Mm. And, and again, I come from a Black Panther father. I come from a civil rights family. So this was a, a Claritin call that like, we need, to, we need to start talking. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something going on here. And, and it, it kind of like, and it sort of uh, confirmed some of my... <clears throat> like uh, 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 concerns, if you will. Because I couldn't understand why y'all love the Puritans so much. And I was like, why do they keep talking about the Puritans? I was like, these are slave owners. Like, I don't understand why y'all love them so much. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't, I couldn't, I was like, I don't understand how y'all so smart. You haven't connected these dots. Like I just, so, mm. so then when that happened and I just saw like, like nobody was in any way affected by this murder of this unarmed black kid. You know what I'm saying? That's like, I don't understand why none of y'all. So then that's when like sort of, and then you go into Nashville and I went into Nashville like thinking, this is amazing. You got like this church is on every corner. What is that? that The 10 commandments on the wall. This is great, (laughs) dude. You guys can just be, you guys are just like openly Christians. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then just kind of like, Side come, coming down and being like, oh, that's not really what's happening. Oh, this is still the South. Hmm. Oh, this, oh, oh, I'm in the South. <laughs> you know, uh, and um, so, so, so that was there. And then I just felt like just this, just I just started noticing just this overwhelming sense of just like arrogance and just pompous kind of attitude. And I just felt like this whether it was purposeful or not, like there was just this like side effect of having such a, a, a emphasis on thinking right mm-hmm. that it just, to me created just this, this pompousness that I was like, I, I feel it welling up in myself because I'm looking down at my mama Winnie and my uncle CL who were, as I've known it, the holiest people I've ever met. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't know what I, they, they couldn't explain super lapsarianism. So somehow or another, their, you know, their, their conversion is 
less as valid as mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, if my theology is making me arrogant and drawing a fence around another believer, then I need to think about my theology. You know so you, you're talking about your kind of reflection on your kind of journey in the reform kind of American. Reform. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's what, that's what it was. That's what, what was, I felt like what was being developed in me. Yeah. Like I wasn't growing in the faith. I was growing in arrogance, mm. you know, and, and I just, and, and I just saw this just blatant disregard for <laughs> the value of other humans <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, in their lives. So I was like, something's not adding up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it made me pull out and just sort of like read a little more on, on the naughty list, you know, and just kind of have a more global yeah. um, approach to what it means to be in a part of the body, you know? And this is all in the wake of Trayvon Martin's murder. That's what started it. That's you know started, what I mean? So yeah. that's like 2012, right? Yeah. You know I mean? um, yeah. So that's kind of started this like, sort of unraveling yeah. of what, what was a very linear, in my mind, like a very linear sort of trajectory of theology. You know what I'm saying? Is that, where, is, is that what, no, go ahead. yeah, from, from the Trayvon Martin, let's just say 2012, is that, um, and I haven't followed all of your work, but as I see it, it uh -huh. seems like that makes sense that your more recent, at least your, your uh, hip hop albums have taken a much more decisive Socio-political emphasis. Would that be an accurate way to? Well, here's the thing. I think it's more noticed now because all of my music has always had that. Okay. Um, because, like I said, I come from a place where your your social engagement, your orthopraxy, and your orthodoxy were never separate. Right. Those were never two different things. That's not where I come from. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I come from where every Tuesday we're at the homeless shelter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every Wednesday we're at the food bank. Like I just come from that, you know? So I had no idea that people needed a chapter and verse to engage, you know, I just yeah. didn't, to engage for civic engagement. I just didn't understand that as a thing. So my music has always had that. My music has always had the fragrance of, of scripture and it's always had a political engagement okay. because like I said, I didn't know there were rules, you know, <laughs> just like, just like, like if you listen to like a Wu-Tang album, it's always been five percenters. They've always had that in their music. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Most Def, Talib Kweli, they've always had like Islam in their music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like I've always had Christian in my music, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think what happened was like, the, the, because this was happening as I was stepping into this like reformed world, they were focusing going, wait a minute now, what are you, what are you talking about? What is this? Who, who's that person? Why are you talking about that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I talking about that? What? You know? So it, it kind of, I did, I definitely hit the gas a little harder because I was like, Oh, Oh, you don't know this. Okay. Well, wow. let's, well, let's talk some more. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't, and I don't follow Lecrae much at all, but it seems like he's yeah. had a similar thing where he was kind of the poster child of the reform, whatever. But yeah. once you start pushing on the race thing, um, a little bit too much, it's like, okay, you could do a little bit as, as long yeah. as it's within this kind of framework, you know, make sure you're still yeah. within this tribe. But once you start stepping outside of that and really challenging, yeah. I remember a few years ago on, on 4th of July, <laughs> Yeah, he, he tweeted. A, I mean, I, I I don't I laugh because it was so bold and necessary. But he yeah. tweeted a picture of a 
slaves in yeah. a cotton field and says, these are my, yeah. these are my ancestors. Well, my ancestors <laughs> were doing on the 4th of July. I retweeted yeah. it because I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's the problem? Like, I understand. I understand the pushback that would say, let's not only live in the past and not acknowledge progress. I understand that. And I would agree with that. But to literally whitewash the past yeah. or to not acknowledge the profound and lasting impact. So the lasting yeah. social implications of this incredibly dark history of our our country. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just naive. Like we don't need to. We yeah. should we should say yes every time Fourth of July. We should acknowledge maybe the good things America has done, and also acknowledge the very bad things we have done, and be okay with yeah. that. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't even see it as an issue, but I think that it, my my question is: Well, here's where I was trying to go with this: Is ha, has your sort of I wouldn't say movement, but more maybe ex, explicit um, mm-hmm. addressing of some of these these socio political issues has has that yeah. putting you on the naughty list with some of the reform tribe? Uh- yeah, but the thing is, like, for me, I was never, like, Lecrae was a darling. Okay. You know, I was never a darling, you know, uh, because I think I got on that world's radar. I kind of came out swinging as far as they were concerned. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so the inroads I made were already, their introduction to me was like, yo, this is who I am. There was no real pivot, like, for for from the public perspective, McRae had a pivot, you know? Okay. So for them, they are, I think in a lot of ways, like not only was it like you're shooting at our sacred cows, I think for them, they felt betrayed. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, we made you a star. Like I'm, I'm trying to put you, make, put myself in their shoes. Yeah. Like, we made you a star and it was because we believed you were this. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you're not, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, so I think that that was like the, the, the thing for him. Um, I think for me, like I said, like, I mean, I never, I just wasn't, I just, they ain't love me like they love Lecrae. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I mean, they didn't love nobody like they love Lecrae. Like, really? you know, he, he, he was a unicorn at the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I just think like, yeah, it's like anything, you know, when you play fair, when you play by the rules, yeah. you know, everybody loves you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you don't shove too hard, you know what I'm saying? Um, once you start shoving, it's like, yeah, you know, the casual listener is going to be like, man, I, w- I didn't come to you for this. I came to you for what you used to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of being an artist. It's part of being a, you know, full-grown, developed human, you yeah. know, that you're you're not going to be what you were 10 years ago. Yeah. You know? yeah. I hope you're not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you better not be. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, are, what are some sociopolitical themes um, – that yeah. maybe inter- oh, there's inter- something I wanted to yeah. I wanted to bring up. I was gonna say all, one thing that happened. I think for his music and for my music, the ratcheting was up. Well, a lot of times because that's what happened in culture. Culture ratcheted up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just the world got more intense. You yeah. know, so because of that, like we're living in the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so our music's gonna reflect it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was that might be also what you're seeing. It's like we're just uh, we're just reflecting our times, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of those political, sociopolitical themes that, especially in your latest album, Crooked? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just reading through some of the lyrics this morning, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, yeah, yeah, you're 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 definitely hitting on some sacred cows here. Yeah. Man. But but what I love <laughs> about it is it doesn't fee. It feels like. 
And I, I hate, I really despise conservative liberal kind of labels and boxes and all that stuff. Totally. Let me just say, you're, it seems like you're willing to challenge various tribes and not just Absolutely. kind of sit back in one tribe lobbing bombs at the other. You seem very, very fair, you know. Um, but yeah, so what are some of those politi- social political themes yeah, that man. keep you up at night? <laughs> I think it's exactly what you're saying is the idea of like, you know, uh, if you're being, you know, using all the leads, you're being spiritually, theologically, intellectually responsible, then you you can't just sit on one side of a one little square, you know, and lob them at the other. You know what I'm saying? And I try to make an album that keeps you off balance in the sense that like I'm shooting, I'm shooting forward, I'm shooting at myself. I'm shooting to the right, I'm shooting to the left, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that it's always ping-ponging between mm-hmm. all of these different sort of like directional attacks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they're to myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think I think ultimately those themes are like, yeah, I, I want to challenge the concept of tribalism in the first place. Hmm. Um, and, then, uh, and then when we do that, like how we build up these sort of like battle towers and and then uh for the believer lie to ourselves and call that christian living you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying um in the sense of like whether it's patriotism and just putting that up as like you know tantamount to our faith and it's just not you know what i'm saying (laughs) like so so there's that there's the idea of like putting putting our hope in in the collapse of a of a unfair system like, whereas, like, I, I am satisfied when this evil system collapses and realizing that that's not going to satisfy me either. And mm. it probably won't ever collapse. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It doesn't it doesn't put me off the hook. Like, I'm still I'm still like Jesus says, like, occupied till I can turn till I return. Like, I still got there are still image bearers in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I still have a a duty to uh, fight for the dignity and honor of that. You know what I'm saying? But like the source of my rest is not if white people stop being racist, like that's not going, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, so I think that there's, again, it's just the the concept of tribalism in the first place. And then everything that comes with that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Believing that, you know, the father has picked a political party. He just, just hasn't. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're made up yeah. from the French Revolution. Like they're not even that old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so even just the motif of left and right. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's the French Parliament. Like you just <laughs> do some homework. You know what I mean? And and the two ends of them are both like authoritarian. Like they kind of, it's more of a loop. They meet at the middle. You know what I'm saying? That's been my <laughs> okay. So thank you for saying that. Because I feel like I keep saying that. So so yeah. My 30-second narrative raised steeped in fundamentalism, swung kind yeah. of the other side. Now, I don't, I'm a moderate fo- Jesus follower, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. On some issues, I might sound conservative. Some issues might sound more liberal, totally. and I don't even like those categories. Anyway, um, but what I've seen, having raised in fundamentalism, and I get attacks now on both sides, the oh. rhetoric and posture um, – hold on a second. I've got some dude drilling outside my house here. Yeah, there he is. (laughs) Yeah, goodness. Um, The hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to turn this mic down. I'm just going to get really close. It doesn't <laughs> anyway, the rhetoric and posture yeah. of the conservative fundamentalists is almost identical when you go all the it's way to the side to the authoritarian kind of far radical left or whatever. And I'm like, I'll get sometimes tweets back to back that sound almost identical, except <laughs> for the thing that they're angry at me about. You know, I'm yeah. like, you two should yeah. go hang out, man. You guys sound yeah. and, you yeah. know, no effort to understand what I'm saying, twisting totally. any little thing in the worst possible light. I'm like, man, what is this? You know? So funny, man. Like, take so out here, like, you take something like education, where it's just like you have your far right fundamentalists, yeah. just like the school system's brainwashing, and we have to pull them out and just homeschool our kids. <laughs> the far left is like the school system's brainwashing them. We got to pull them out. They just call it, they just call it unschooling. These fools call it homeschooling. I'm just like, yeah. okay. So what you're saying is, you want to be the sole like arbiter of information for your children. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And so, or, or, or yeah, yeah. Just like you're, you're, whether you're, whether you're extreme far left, you got a dictator, whether you extreme far right, you got a chancellor. Yeah. <laughs> you're still just looking at one dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still totalitarian. Right. You know? Right. So like, just, you know, Take a second. Yeah. It's like both both of the extremes don't know how to handle like humanizing dialogue in the midst of disagreement, like being exposed to robust presentations of alternative views where you can still yeah. humanize the other person and radically maybe disagree, but still see them as you know, you're you're yeah. not the enemy necessarily unless you're really trying totally. to beat me up or something. But I mean unless you actually are. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there are some enemies out there, you know, but you're not the enemy until you are the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so so what's been how looking back now 2019 on your journey in evangelicalism and in and out on the front however you described that i mean what are some blind spots and i'm just gonna say it like obviously american evangelicalism is profoundly white um yeah and i don't it doesn't mean i mean as a white person i'm not saying that means every single white person is uh, totally. a problem at all. And, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there is a, a whiteness to Absolutely. American evangelicalism. I'm going to say, obviously. Okay. Mm-hmm. What sort of blind spots would you want to, would you want people to think through as we reflect on race and American evangelicalism? Yeah, I think that, I think it's a good question. One, I think that like repentance and restoration is within, within whiteness, within itself is something that I think if, if, that the evangelical world needs to really reckon with. It's just like, okay, hey, like, there are some serious realities about the way you've shaped your identity, you know? And there's some stuff that y'all just got to repent for, that you just have to just recognize is just true, you know? Um, and working in the same way that the rest of us are doing, working in our own sanctification, we all brought our crap to the cross. And I'm just saying that's, that's just part of your goulash of crap. You know what I'm saying? That you just gotta, you just gotta work through it, dude. Like I, you know, so, so just the reality of that, just the detangling of sort of the American myths and like, you know, recognizing where you've been sold a bill of goods, like the whole, just the whole Nixon thing and just, the religious right, like, 
y'all got duped because like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just being willing to like, like reckon with that, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's one. Um, I think when I think of myself, you know, including myself, because I can't just like, I mean, I'm still a Western Christian. Like sure. I even thought from, you know, yeah. you know, for a while, like, man, I was looking up like Coptic churches. I was going to East. I was like, I'm getting, I'm out. I'm going, I'm going Eastern Orthodox. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to figure it out, you know? Uh, but at the end of the day, I was like, yo, Hey, Hey prop, you're not Egyptian. Like you're not from Egypt, bro. Yeah. Like you're, you're a poser. Yeah. Like you're being a poser and that's their culture. A lot of their faith is wrapped in their culture. You're yeah. not from their culture. Yeah. So just, it is what it is, bro. You're from California. Okay. <laughs> Accept it. You are a Western Christian. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like going, okay. Now having said that, uh, what I found is like, I'll take the, um, I'll take Peter and Paul, for example. Um, I take Peter on the roof and acts, you know, getting this vision of like, you know, called nothing I made clean, unclean. And Peter knowing exactly what, you know, God was trying to tell him at that moment, how that is had to be an existential crisis. Like that's a, that's a pretty big pivot, you know, from what yeah. a faith you've been practicing for thousands of years and God going, I think you kind of missed it. I think you, I think you missed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean I missed it? Like, we, <laughs> this is from Deuteronomy, bro. Like, what do you mean I missed it? You know? So I just don't know if I had really the guts to like hear what Christ was saying at that moment of like, and the same thing that happened with Paul being like, yo, hey, homie, you're persecuting me. Like, yeah. and just, and just Jesus just continually being like, no, 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 them too. No, them too. Tents wider than you think it is. Them too. Mm-hmm. Them too. No. And and just having the uh, the guts to like take everything that I thought I knew and understood and was standing on solid, rigorous theological training mm-hmm. and having the guts to be like, hey, homie, you might be thinking about this. You might be thinking about this incorrectly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And And there's a them too. You know, so I think that to me, that's what I've learned. That's what I would say is like, like, what are those, what are those, I'm saying this for myself. That's why I'm able to like do this. That's why I did all that thing about, I'm also a Western evangelical. It's like, I'm having to ask myself, where are those no bro, them too? Where is, where is God calling me to pivot and be like, you actually, I, I, I know you think, you know, but there's a deeper story here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that I was actually pointing at, and I'm trying to reveal this to you. You know what I mean? Well, so that's that's kind of yeah. where I'm thinking about us now. That's super helpful, actually. That's oh man. I mean, just uh, it's awesome that you're still. I love the emphasis on self reflection because oftentimes the lo- the older we get in the Christian faith, and also the the more the more you see blind spots in in the church yeah. and other people it, it can become easy to kind of think like man i got it all together but but it's those people out there that are the problem totally and, um to continue that kind of self-reflection i think is is admirable and, and necessary for a genuine jesus follower I, i'm curious um and i know we talked about avoiding tribalism and labels and stuff but is, is yeah. there a person people or group of evangelical christianity that you would resonate with most or people that you're like man these 
these people or this person is, I think they're really getting it, you know? Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's hard, man. I think as an artist, I get to traverse so many different spaces. And I feel like, and, and even when I say like challenging tribalism and as a whole, I think that there was a type, there's a type that kept us alive. Just like, yeah. you know, uh, just the development of the human species. There was a type of tribalism that honestly like, hey, uh, I can trust this person because when they tell me, hey, don't eat that plant, I can believe you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so there's a type of tribalism that honestly kept us alive. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just not, I'm not saying the ideas, the whole thing needs to get thrown away. But I, I think that, I think it's more where we decide to like draw the ropes. So for me, it's like, in any of these sort of diverse spaces, I felt like, you know, just that there's, there's been certain resonance or just fragrances of individual people within all these different circles that I've been like, I, I recognize this, this is beautiful. You know what I mean? So for me, like I traverse between, you know, like we talked about before the like audio feed, mm -hmm liturgist world mm -hmm. and also the like catalyst and Q mm -hmm. world you know what i'm saying like i get to do all these things and they just get to meet like rad believers that like i honestly like don't know their their theological traditions i don't know what church they go to like i don't know it i just yeah. know i'm feel like i'm seeing the the reflection of of the fruit of the spirit if you will to use like you know christian language i yeah. feel like i'm just just seeing it in them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good, man. So it's kind of hard for me to land on a on yeah. a whole. Like I, I mean, I'm not trying to like dodge the question. Like this is legit, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like even if, like I'll be even real. Even in my own home church, there are times that I'm just like, I don't know, bro. Like I'm not. I don't know if I'm feeling a lot of this. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I love Nate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Nate's a rad dude. You know. But that, but that's good. I mean, I think you could be part of a tribe and not be tribalistic. I think those are two different, yeah. different things. One might. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I go to like we're at a. I go to a, a church plant in Long Beach that's part of the SBC. You know what I'm saying? Which you're would an SBC. Be a church? shocker, right? You see SBC. what I'm saying? I know it's a shocker. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. it's like it's a California one, so it's like we don't. It is different. It's yeah, like, no, no, that's it's like true. Costco. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gonna be like Costco. You know, it's just like you can get anything. What? So Long Beach. Um, you said who's who's what's the church? Can I ask the church? Yeah, it's a uh, Reach Fellowship. Um, Damon Horton, our pastor. But it's like it's like three years old. I know? might have interacted. Yeah, I've done some work down in yeah. Orange, Orange County area. I, I know Long Beach isn't Orange County, or is it? I know it's a huge. I got you. I got you. It's good, a huge good. debate. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I feel, I, I often, I don't know what tribe I belong to. And I, I don't, yeah, I, I love, I, I genuinely love, like in the ministry that I do, we'll swing all the way from like conservative Baptists to Pentecostals to mm -hmm. Catholics and uh, yeah. UMC, uh, FMC, I mean, totally. RCH. I mean, the whole wide range and I could genuinely take things, like appreciate certain aspects of every one of those things while saying, yeah, this this maybe tribe I wouldn't quite identify with as much here. I wouldn't really mm -hmm. fit in well here, but man, I could appreciate because at the end of the day, when you get to know people who are totally. just trying to follow Jesus as genuinely as well as they can, I mean, they got blind spots. I got blind spots. But when you get face to face with actual people, you those labels and totally, assumptions man. just kind of go to the yeah. 
Yeah. They're just kind of noisy. I just in the feel background. like totally. I just feel like we're all trying to put this like mosaic together. Yeah. That's this image of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like you just get different little chunks and flecks here and there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just feel like for me, when I think about Holy Spirit, I feel like it's like that's when you. It's like when you recognize like, oh, that's a fleck. That's a little piece. That's a piece of the image of God. You know what I'm saying? It's like snatch that hold on to that right you know what i'm saying oh, oh there it is over there hold on to that you know what i'm saying and when you just see it it's just like i'm like your lens is not so like descended so close into the particulars it's yeah. like i've pulled out because i'm trying to see a bigger picture and then you just kind of like reach in and be like i want that piece that yeah. that's it that's what i was looking for boom you know and then you could like put it on your wall like okay there's a part of the image you know what i'm saying like i know i don't see the whole thing yeah. i know i don't have the whole thing but that little whatever that was that's a hint you know what i mean uh so good hey, hey yeah. man i want to respect your time we're, we're pretty much out of time but i want to make sure um i talk about uh your the red church podcast which you do with your wife yeah, yeah. Alma, and you're in season three is that like year three or just season three we right? just finished season three yeah okay. which is year three uh so we took it so for the for this one we're taking it on the road uh gonna do some live ones for season four so you gotta come to the recordings they're full shows so you have you know, a tour, uh, uh, what's a uh, hard to love tour? Is that what it's called? Hard to love tour. Where yep. can people go to find out about that? So you can go to my website, just prop hip hop.com. Okay. Uh, we'll be in Chicago, LA, um, uh, uh, Oakland. We'll be in Nashville. We haven't announced the Nashville one, but, uh, Boise, Idaho, you just heard Boise, it now. Boise, Idaho after that. <laughs> Boise right after that. <laughs> nah, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That Never might, know. That might be like your high school experience if uh if you Right, right. You just walk in like Yeah. Anyway, yeah, hey, dude. um, thanks so much for your work, your ministry. And I've often said oh, pleasure, So I, I'm not a you know, I'm a I'm a writer academic. Um I'm not a yeah. I'm not an artist, but man, I, mm-hmm. I would be the first one to say that I think um artists are the prophets of the church. I mean, they're typically yeah, five to you. ten years out looking sure. at what where we're going and able to speak back, almost back in time yeah, in a sense. And so I just, I so love and value uh, artists like yourself who are doing amazing work. So keep it up and oh, I appreciate that, don't let, don't let yes, the, the, the attacks get to you. I'm sure you get hit from both sides. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> All right, <laughs> man, take care, sure. bro. All right, brother.